We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13. Welcome to the Rotowire College Football Podcast. I am James Anderson, joined, of course, by Mario Puig, and we have a, a new uh, co-host this week that's going to be the case going forward here in the college football season, John McKechnie. Uh, joining us, John probably John and Mario combined to probably do 90 95% of the in-office college football work, so they both definitely know what they're talking about and are, are both uh, pretty esteemed DFS players. Uh, welcome, welcome to the show, Jen. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Uh, another change we have this week: uh, we added a sponsor. We don't have a new sponsor. We have a second sponsor. I mean, that's how you really know your podcast is doing some serious work. Is when two companies want to want to pay to be uh, discussed on the podcast. Uh, it's great when uh, the sponsor count is approaching the listener count. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're so, doing it. Yeah, so I mean. That's. I mean, we're probably gonna have a third sponsor in a couple of weeks here. Uh, who knows? You know. I mean, it's it's kind of where everybody wants a piece of the Rotowire College Football Podcast, and 
we're happy to oblige in this case because it's it's Harry's Razors, uh, you know Harry's.com if if you want to order some some razors for yourself, uh, you know if if you dislike money and you enjoy running errands and you do not grow facial hair, then you probably won't need Harry's Razors. But you know personally, I I don't grow that much facial hair, but even I have to shave every once in a while. Uh, more importantly, I hate going to the store uh, for any purpose, uh, and this this would be one of those things where you just don't really realize you need new razors until you actually do need them, and then you have to go to the store. Otherwise, you look like a homeless person. Mario, uh, Mario probably shaves twice as much as I do, maybe three times as much, so, so he probably uh, can attest to this uh, even better than I can. Yeah, yeah. Uh shaving's a necessity for me even though i have the homer simpson thing where it's it's there after i shave it too (laughs) or or maybe a few seconds it takes it's back to be uh, technical or whatever um but yeah uh uh, cheap delivery uh cheap delivery far preferable to uh going to walgreens or whatever and having to tap the bell to get the lady to open the thing so i can go pay 40 dollars for everybody everybody talks about how big of a pain it is to go to the store and get razors out of the the glass case or whatever and that's that's 100 percent true the thing i hate the most about it is waiting in line at a walgreens can occasionally take five minutes per customer when nobody's really got more than 10 items just because it's coupon central the the people at the register, really don't have any idea what they're doing. I'm haggling over the price of the <laughs> peanut butter bar I'm getting right. or whatever. Yeah, so, I mean... The box is partially opened. It's, yeah. it's just a complete mess. Uh, you know, you, can, you could probably order Harry's in about two minutes, and you'll save money. Uh, it's a high-quality product. I mean, not only do you get the razors, but they also give you some, some shaving cream. Works, works really well in the shower. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that that's it's probably the way to go. Uh, I mean, you can uh, go go stick with your disposables or your electric razor, but that's gonna that's gonna end up costing in the long run. Uh, say goodbye to choosing between expensive brands or cheap disposables, and say hello to Harry's high quality blades at a price you'll love. Go to Harry's.com right now and enter code RWCFB at checkout to get five dollars off your purchase. That's a month's worth of shaving for just ten dollars with the code. RWCFB at checkout. That's harrys.com, code RWCFB. All right, now let's start talking about the, the slate this week. Uh, Four-game slate for the, the Thursday-Friday thing on, on FanDuel. I'm not a big fan of these games, save maybe the Miami-Cincy game. Uh, 68.5 is the over-under there. Miami's six-point favorites. I don't know if either of you guys are, are planning on playing the slate at all, but if you did, would you be going heavy on the Canes? Yeah, there's most of the volume in that slate's got to be in Miami, Cincinnati, just because uh, there there are parts to BYU, Connecticut that are exploitable, but it's it's not it's not going to be as much upside for the hits that do occur, and uh, it's pretty easy to get just a you know bottomed out zero effort from a lot of guys in that game. But uh, I think I think BYU's Adam Hine, their running back, is going to be very highly targeted. Uh, UConn's offense is perennially a mess and uh, it's at BYU so BYU is going to be big favorites in that one it's generally pretty good policy to target uh, clear lead running backs in situations like that which Hine is with uh, Jamal Williams gone and a bunch of other guys hurt or whatever so um, but yeah Memphis uh, Paxton Lynch obviously is going to be targeted a lot at quarterback because he's 
he's one of the best dual threat quarterbacks uh, in the country. So him going against South Florida on a slate that otherwise, I mean, the second best quarterback is probably uh, Brad Kaya, who's a totally fine play on the road. But um, Lynch has that ability to match or exceed Kaya as a passer, but also has some wheels and is a pretty regular red zone runner for a Memphis team that scores a lot. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, so I, I definitely would concur with everything you said there, but uh, this Saturday slate is pretty bonkers. Uh, you know, there's there's four or five games with crazy over-unders, high-powered offenses, and just a ton of guys to choose from. Starting with the Texas Tech at Baylor game, over-under a 90 in this one. Baylor, 17-point favorites. Uh, the first thing that stood out to me is that Jay Lee is available for 6,200. Anything jump out to you guys? I mean, I, I assume that you're probably going to have a hard time setting the lineup without using at least somebody in this game just because of all the points that are going to be scored. Uh, well, Jay Lee is kind of been the second receiver in that offense behind Corey Coleman, but uh, I th- I'm guessing he's always kind of priced a little low just because he's perceived as less than Katie Cannon, who had the bigger year last year. Um, but there were, there were some weird, you know, anecdotal reasons why he started so fast as a true freshman last year, including uh, having like 250 of his yards or whatever coming from one game against Northwestern state when uh, Antoine Goodley and Corey Coleman were both hurt. Um, so yeah, Jay, Jay Lee's different from Cannon and Coleman in that he's like six, three two twenty, Whereas those guys are about, uh, Cannon's probably like five ten one seventy. Coleman's like five eleven one eighty something like that. Speed guys rather than box out receivers is the point. So Lee is their uh, best target in the red zone if if the field is shrunk. Uh, but yeah, Coleman scores pretty much everything otherwise, and Cannon's pretty much just a hit or miss proposition. So uh, that makes Lee a pretty obvious cash cash game target at home, sixty two hundred with an over under like that. Uh, he's yeah he's he's been he's been very consistent actually yeah. uh he he was uh t- two catches for 74 yards and a touchdown last week was probably his most concerning effort this year um but yeah it, so it, i mean it should be said in that game last week like they were just scoring with you know at will so i mean the the two catches it doesn't look great but like if they were just playing a full game like they might have to play this week it, it probably would have been more like five or six catches right right yeah the only the only thing that uh makes it a question as to whether you go with Lee is that there are some players in this similar price range here who offer a very comparable fantasy utility. So uh, we got a guy at Michigan state, Aaron Burbridge, who's a hundred dollars less than Lee going against Purdue. Whoa. Um, he, he has a, he has a higher share of the Michigan huh. state passing game than Lee does Baylor's. So Burbridge probably has the higher floor there and a similar ceiling. I, w- I would actually probably prefer Burbridge yeah. for a cash game no, lineup. I, I would too. And then uh, as far as more like a GPP consideration, you got Dom Williams of Washington State going against Cal. Dom Williams scores touchdowns at a much higher rate than Craycraft or uh, Gabe Marks do at Washington State. So he's an interesting target in a game that also has a – I haven't looked at it yet, but I'm going to go ahead and assume California-Washington State is like 74 over under or something like that. Um, so, yeah, the, there's a, there's some decent targets in that range. Even Geronimo Allison and River Craycraft immediately above that. Um, they're getting some targets, too. So as you were saying, there, there are a lot of options in this slate here. Uh, you'll, you'll, have to, you'll either have to make several lineups or just, is, just really have your projections on point this week. What's the word on Patrick Mahomes? Is he going to be good to go? 
Um, John, have you looked I, at that lately? I was a little bit concerned with, with using him this week, especially with like the other quarterbacks that are going in a similar price range. And it just felt like he was a bit limited last week. Right. Um, he was pretty much I, just like wheelchairing into the end zone I, on that I mean, touchdown running. I'm not head. so much worried about. I don't. I don't think many people are going to use him with the other quarterbacks available. Like John was saying, but like, what about the Texas Tech wide receivers? Are you still willing to to pay for for Grant, or do you like uh, Reginald Dayers or Devin Lauderdale at all? I guess I'm not really inclined to target any of those guys, generally speaking. I mean, Grant's by far the most consistent, but he's a tiny guy. He's not going to have uh you know the the kind of red zone upside that a similarly prominent receiver like obviously they're priced uh appropriately for the you know uh, after considering this fact but uh a josh Doxson will score many more touchdowns than a jakeem grant and uh there's there's not like a there's not the touchdown upside with jakeem grant relative to the price that he you know usually has and then the rest of those guys are just so inconsistent lauderdale burn you yeah lauderdale's just all over the place uh consistently productive it's just sometimes his routes don't get open and it's the underneath guys the ian sadler the reginald davis etc etc so i don't think i'll be targeting uh texas tech in general in this game uh even deandre washington the running back who had a huge game last week i'd worry about um baylor just putting the game out of reach quickly uh if if Mahomes is hurt in any significant extent, I mean, because if he's limited, that's not good, and we don't we don't know how his knee reacted to that game. I mean, he probably swelled up after the game, uh, can play through something like that. A lot of times, stiffens up later. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury is not going to tell us anything. Like he went through all of training camp pretending there was some kind of competition between Mahomes and Davis Webb. So. Um, that was ridiculous because Webb is not nearly as good as Mahomes. Um, if Webb does play, it wouldn't change my assessment much of the Texas Tech receivers because uh, I would think there's even a chance that it'll like the decrease in efficiency will definitely happen. But uh, Mahomes has been running a lot this year, so perhaps Davis Webb, um, the you know relatively immobile quarterback, if he were to play instead of Mahomes then maybe that's like five or six extra pass attempts to kind of offset the decrease in yards per attempt and completion percentage. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm not inclined to target those Texas Tech guys anyway, but if Mahomes is out, it's not as if that would be you know the singular reason why I'd move away from them. You mentioned DeAndre Washington. I'm not going to directly label you a sandbagger, but uh, we're sitting around in the office uh, last Saturday, and that game starts, and I'm all, all pumped for... Uh, the Texas Tech passing game, and then and then Mario starts rooting for DeAndre Washington, and of course he goes out and has four rushing touchdowns, 188 yards on the ground, 31 receiving yards, and I didn't have him going anywhere. So to be uh, fair, I didn't expect that to happen. <laughs> I would have taken out a loan if I had known that that would happen. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean that that would have been nice to know. Um, Houston at Tulsa. Typically, this would be the big game of the week. I mean, it actually probably is because it's going to be a, a closer game than the Texas Tech Baylor game. Uh, over under eighty one and a half. Houston seven point favorites there. Uh, that wide receiving core for Tulsa. We, we've seen them kind of share the workload some weeks. Some weeks it's it's the Kevon Lucas show. Uh, they're all like Lucas Garrett and Atkinson are all about a grand apart on FanDuel in that order. Uh, Lucas being the most expensive one. Do you see an obvious guy out of those three that's that's the best value on the board right now? 
Well, Lucas at 7,400 strikes me as a very good bargain in general. I feel like he should still be over 8,000, certainly. Maybe not the 87, 8,600 that respectively Josh Doxson and uh, Corey Coleman inhabit currently. But uh, 7,400, that's 4,000 more than Pharaoh Cooper, who has (laughs) like no quarterback. They're going against on the road against Missouri. Uh, there's, there's a few prices that I like in these receivers. Like Lucas isn't, uh, my top target, uh, just at a glance here. There's, there's a ton of options here. Um, I feel good about using either Tulsa receiver in this game, honestly, against Houston's defense. I mean, Atkinson's at what, like 50, I don't know, 5,100 or or all three of those guys absolutely torched Oklahoma a few weeks ago. And they all look the part too. I mean, it doesn't look like a offense where. They're just taking advantage of the coverage being on Lucas. Like, Atkinson looked legit. I mean, we've seen Garrett look Absolutely. legit. Houston's defense is is pretty decent looking, I think. They held Texas State to 14 last week. Uh, Texas State's not really a passing team, but their quarterback, Tyler Jones, is quite good uh, for the conference level that they play at. So uh, the Houston defense is a little bit of a concern to me, but certainly that Oklahoma game does a lot to relieve that because – um, I think basically like we, we just we're seeing a team that's poised to consistently overachieve relative to its conference standing. Uh, not that not that that's, you know, not as not overachieve as in their numbers are higher than their talent level. It, it looks like they're talented in addition to just like very schematically sound uh, strong strategy so far by their new coach, Philip Montgomery. So I think they can stay doing quite well. And Lucas at 7,400 is definitely a player to target. Um, the players I would, pro- I would probably be more so turning away from Karras, Garrett, and certainly Atkinson. Uh, Garrett at 6,600 is a totally good buy. It's just that I'm not convinced that his target level to this point, his target volume to this point is going to remain at the level it's at. Uh, he's actually been targeted more than Keevan Lucas, for instance, which will, remi- will not remain the case throughout the year, I think. So I expect Lucas to have perhaps a few huge games in a row while Garrett kind of levels more toward his general productivity averages. Um, But yeah, there's looking in that similar range. I mean, like Gabe marks at 6,600 got to go marks over Garrett and cash game. I would guess. And, and like, I would even go Burbridge and Lee over over. Gary. Oh, for sure. So, I mean, and they're they're four and five hundred bucks. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these so. questions uh, between these receivers will be answered by the quarterbacks you go with and the running backs you go with, and you'll kind of just have uh, through budget limitations, you're so, right. you'll be pushed toward the answer that works for you. But yeah, I mean, this is this is definitely a week to consider multiple lineups. I think. Do you do you guys look at the? I mean, there's so many great quarterbacks on the board here. Um, you know, a guy like guy like Dane Evans against Houston way down at like nine ninth among quarterbacks, but Greg Ward for for Houston kind of stands out to me as possibly uh, the best buy of those those high end guys. I mean, he's ninety two hundred. Yeah, if uh, if if Ward is not the highest owned quarterback on this slate, I would guess it's Cardell at seventy nine hundred against Indiana. And I love Greg Ward. I'm going to be using him a lot, but I do think that oh also Tommy Armstrong at seventy eight hundred going against Illinois. Tommy Armstrong, Cardell at 79 and 78, I think are the two best bargain targets. Uh, they're both dual threat guys. Obviously, Armstrong runs a lot, throws a lot, both for Nebraska. Not much reason to think Illinois' defense is any good. Uh, so, yeah, I like that one a lot. And Cardell going against Indiana, like there's been stability issues there with that Ohio State offense. But Indiana's pass defense is really, 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 really it, bad. Yeah, I think it's the second worst in the in the country. And Cardell, you know, ne- They've kind of put to bed the, the two-quarterback system, at least, uh, looks like for now. So 
you know, you don't have to worry about Cardale kind of getting out of rhythm. That's a, that's an interesting matchup for Cardale because not only is the Indiana defense so bad, but being on the road and Indiana's offense possessing perhaps a decent amount of talent and playing Ohio State surprisingly close in recent years, that might be a game where the Ohio State offense stays on the field the whole time. So um, a lot of reason to get some Cardale volume, I think, in this slate. Absolutely. Uh, that one's, yeah, that one's kind of... Uh, further down our list here, but let's let's hit it a little bit more while while we're on it. Uh, you know, I think actually is that even on? Yeah, it is. Okay, so uh, first of all, is is Ohio State at full strength at wide receiver? I know to start the year they were missing some of their key guys. Do they have everybody back now? Yeah, they have Jalen Marshall. They got Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas, I'd say, is their most consistent receiver. Uh, where is he priced at this week? He's usually not very high. He is 6,300. Okay. I would probably still take uh, Geronimo Allison from Illinois instead of him. But, I mean, Michael Thomas still, I think he's about as good of a threat in that offense to get a touchdown at least in probably, you know, six, seven catches maybe. And they they have Braxton Miller, 59, Jalen Marshall, 56. 59 is where I'd start considering Braxton Miller again. I remember after that huge week one, he was at like 8,000 or whatever, which was just not a consideration. But, um, yeah, if if you're sub 6,000 and looking for something, Braxton Miller, he's never going to be a high-volume guy and he'll never be like a consistently, you know, conventionally utilized receiver. But Indiana is a team that can be burned – through the air, on the ground, maybe he'll do a little bit of both. Um, his after-the-catch skills certainly come into play in a game like that. Um, let's see. So, yeah, man, I, I, I know everybody's probably wanting us to kind of, kind of guide them toward a particular general blueprint for their lineups and everything, but this slate just well, has so many points up look, there. I'm going to – I mean – at wide receiver, you can really do anything. Like you, you can start any like. These are affordable, really high floor, really high ceiling options, and right. at like not not just in like the six thousand or the seven thousands. Like even in the five thousand, you're looking at guys like Dennis Parks for Rice, who's going against Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky's going to make them throw the ball. Western Kentucky's probably not going to be able to defend Dennis Parks, you know, or at least like shut him down. Considering Parks is going into the game with 63 yards and a touchdown against Baylor last week, 163 yards, two touchdowns against Northern Texas the week before. So yeah, like that's that's another high usage guy in a game that could have some points, uh, specifically points through the air. But yeah, so like I guess I guess if you're looking for a general strategy on this slate, I would try to find a way to get a lot of those 6,000, 5,000 range receivers because I think a lot of them could be easily justified in the 7,000, 8,000 range. Um, I'm not sure you can reliably find as much of a, a good value return at any of the positions as you can in that receiver 6,000, 5,000 range. So, um, yeah, well, I mean... D- we're we're going to... Uh, okay, I want to I hit this guy really quick because, I mean, if we're talking about value plays, uh, Dalvin Cook being the seventh most expensive running back at at 7700 at Wake Forest behind guys like Derrick Henry, Samaj Perine, Aaron Green uh I mean is, is that am I am I missing something here? I mean I feel like he should be right up there with Ezekiel Elliott right at top of this this board. Yeah, maybe it's maybe it's that it's one of those things where they're trying to push people toward a certain play just because just to kind of create some sort of uh, some sort of projectable ownership figures in in the general 
uh, field this week because you know, looking at a price like that, that Cook will be used more than you know Ezekiel Elliott at ninety one hundred. Even if you rate them vaguely similarly, you'll know that there's that potential payoff for going up, paying up for Elliott because the ownership difference right. in the event of Elliott really going off will really help you separate from the rest of the pack. Uh, but yeah, if, if, if we're going with our uh, s- solid receiver strategy, Elliott is less affordable. But at 9,100, like we were saying with Cardale, that could be a game where Indiana makes it three or four quarters, in which case Ezekiel Elliott will have scoring opportunities just because he can score from anywhere, but also because that Indiana pass defense is so bad. I think they'll be spending a lot of time in the Indiana part of the field. All right. The game with the third highest over under on the slate is that western kentucky at rice game uh 72 is the over under there western kentucky seven and a half point favorites i don't know much about that rice squad uh it's pretty much all you really got to care about is dennis parks that receiver um he's he's really doing very well to start this year they don't they're not a team that throws much but so far they've thrown it very reliably at parks who's shown the ability to he scored early in the Baylor game and he probably could have had a much better game if it hadn't just been turned into a laugher so quickly but uh I mean, he's only 5900 right he's I I think he should he's one of those stable guys in that mm-hmm. 6,000 5,000 range at receiver that I like a lot uh very big target volume and an exploitable matchup too because Western Kentucky's defense is better than it was last year but just just by the nature of their throwing the ball and scoring so much uh they have a pretty high tempo too um, that all that all means opportunities for Parks, and he's he's got such a large share of the Rice passing production. Um, I think that makes him both a high floor, high ceiling kind of target at a pretty affordable price there. Um, otherwise, I mean, most of the action in that game, you're going right. to want to target Western Kentucky, especially Tyler Higby at tight end. He didn't have a great game last week, but he was their leading receiver before that. Jared Dangerfield still he's on some indefinite basis working back from a hamstring injury that limited him early. If he gets to full strength or is at it, that, you know, theoretically could be uh, set the foundation for a true breakout game for him, which he hasn't had, but Taewon Taylor, definitely the best value target at their, at um, among the receivers, because it seems like he's just the most talented one. Like he had, he had really good explosive numbers last year when he was kind of establishing himself initially. And the start of this year, it seems like he's turned a corner, be it because of Dangerfield being hurt or Taylor just being better at this point. He's been way ahead of Dangerfield and everybody else in that receiver rotation with 154, two touchdowns last week, 196 and a touchdown the week before. Uh, so yeah, Taylor, Taylor's a great pick. Like he is most weeks in that offense. Now the the next biggest over under is seventy one and a half uh, Texas at TCU TCU uh, fifteen point favorites John correct me if I'm wrong but did were you also uh, with me on getting burned by Jared Hurd in at least one lineup Absolutely I was I I couldn't explain what was going on there but you know what you got to do when you start Jared Hurd and he does what he did last week you got to just look in the mirror really I mean because that's that's Whose whose fault it was? I mean, exactly. I, I didn't have him in any lineups until like an hour before kickoff, and then I was like, "Wait, he had a great game I gotta, last week." It's I gotta got, get a little bit of a taste of that because I mean, you know, what happens if he does what he did last week again? Like that price is too low. But uh, what happened there was was I mean, he was getting vultured, right? A little bit. Yeah, Swo- uh, Swoops was definitely in there for a good amount of the snaps in that game. Yeah. So I mean, what is is there? I mean, the t- TCU obviously probably wins this game pretty pretty handily but you see them them playing the the entire game with with their with their studs in there 
I have. I don't know. It's it's on the one hand, it's a scenario where TCU should have a comfortable enough lead that they don't need to, but. Maybe given that they're playing in the Big 12, given that Texas, despite being kind of bad for a while now, still is an extremely visible, you know, powerful program. Just the spectacle of stomping them very memorably in this game in a conference without a, a championship game might be might be an extent TCU goes yeah. to even if they you know wouldn't if they knew they had a conference championship game that could go win to to aid their their playoff odds but they have to just do everything they do in their regular season they don't have a championship game to add an emphasis to their resume at the end of the year so this might be a chance to kind of do that preemptively i i would not worry about blowout factor in this game because if there is a blowout we know who produced as a result of it like trevon boykin almost certainly will have a huge game if there's a blowout uh he should meet his value the texas defense had been pretty good last year this year it looks like it's taken a step back so I'm not worried about the matchup for Boykin at all. Um, yeah, if you had to if you could only start Aaron Green or Josh Doxson, who would you be more willing to pay up for there? So this about is the exact same. Price. This is going to require some research later in the week, but um, I'm going to probably fade Josh Doxson if there are reliable reports of Colby Listonby being in practice this week. Like Doxson is a super high volume target, a very efficient target. But uh, part of what allowed last week's ridiculous explosion to occur was that Listen B basically didn't play. And uh, the only other receivers in the offense uh, with Deontay Gray, Deontay Gray, who was like their number two receiver last year, he's been out. He's going to keep being out. Um, but yeah, he, he was out this whole time, which allowed Doxon to start so fast. If, if Listen B's in there, Doxon goes from like, I don't know, number three number four type receiver down to like number seven or something like that for me and when he's the most expensive one on the slate that's an easy pass for me i'd, I'd even even if listen out for instance i would take coleman over him at a hundred dollars less 10 times out of 10 are you john are, are you done with the texas thing because i know i i also got burned by dajay johnson in that game i i know you were also in on that i mean is there is there any a uh, guy on, on Texas that you might be looking at here, whether it be, I mean, I, I assume you're probably not going back to Hurd, but it, do you like any of the running backs, any of the wide receivers there? Not not this week. I, I just don't see them uh, moving the ball effectively uh, to where they, you know, they're paying off for you against TCU's defense. Even if TCU's defense is a little bit banged up, I just don't think that Texas is a well-oiled enough uh, machine offensively to really make anything pay off for you. Now, a lot of the, the big scoring games on the slate uh, are in Texas or, or Oklahoma this week. Uh, kind of glad that the, that Washington State at Cal game happened to be on the slate. Uh, that's an over-under, a 70-and-a-half. Cal, 19-point favorites in that one. Obviously, I, I feel like on most, on most slates, you'd be looking uh, very closely at Jared Goff and Luke Falk, but they might be a little under the radar here. Do you like uh, either of those passing attacks, given the, the price tags? Yeah, I'm surprised to see the spread on that one is as big as it is. Um, got it minus 19 for Cal. Yeah. Uh, it's at home, and Washington State's offense does seem a little bit off. It seems like it's been a little off all year. Um, I would avoid Falk for the most part. Uh, he, he should be fine, basically, but he's never been. He's No Washington State starting quarterback will ever come at a bargain price, and I don't know that he's going to get anything more than a bargain-type output, especially when you factor in the potential for negative rushing yards and California has 11 sacks for minus 80 yards in four games. So if you put a minus two handicap on Falk right from the beginning and then compare him to some of the 
the other options that are on this slate uh, basically rules him out for me. But I, I do like his receivers quite a bit at those prices. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dom Williams, as we said, he scores touchdowns at a much, much higher rate than the other Washington State receivers. Um, seems like he's kind of their by default go-to when they need a jump ball type scenario, even though he's only like 6'1", 185 or something like that. Uh, just the other guys aren't as explosive as him. Um, but also like Gabe Marks, just because of his target volume, like at 6,600, um, even if he's not explosive, which he really isn't, he's probably averaging like right about 10 yards per catch this year. Uh, his 14 catch 146 yard game against Rutgers two weeks ago shows why he's worth targeting uh, when he's an affordable price. Uh, but yeah, mostly I guess in this game you would want to go with Goff. I think if you want him, you got to pay for it. It's it's ninety four hundred, uh, tied for third most on the slate behind Seth Russell and Trayvon Boykin. So he's he's more pricey than Greg Ward. Yeah, I mean it's just for this game specifically, Goff and I mean Kenny Lawler is doing a really good uh, mm-hmm. job. Um, he's their only reliable receiver. He's a great he's touchdown bet. Cheap too. Yeah, he's a great touchdown bet. Um, much better touchdown threat than Gabe Marks is for Washington State. And they're similar to the price at tight end. Steven Anderson is still at tight. Yeah, Steven Anderson at 3600 We don't talk much about tight ends. Uh, 3600 for him is a really good price. He he was basically like a 70-yard-per-game kind of player last year. I am I think this is a perfect setting for him to break out. He hasn't scored yet this year, but uh, I'll go ahead and predict he will in this game. Um, but, yeah, otherwise, the California receivers rotate so much, and the guys be- behind Lawler really aren't that great. We don't know what's going on with the running back situation. Daniel Lasco was supposed to play last week after warming up and looking spectacular, according to a bunch of California beat writers. However, he did not actually play. Um, Vic and Ware, Kalfani Muhammad play if if Lasco doesn't. But uh, if Lasco's in, it's intriguing because uh, heavy home favorites against a bad defense. Lasco is a factor both as a runner and receiver in that offense. Um, Let's see what he's priced at. He's at 7000 which is probably a little more than I'd like to pay for a player who's coming back from injury. So, yeah, I mean, that game in this slate, I, I'm probably not going to target that game much except for maybe Lawler and a couple of the Washington State receivers. All right. Uh, think you're good at fantasy football? Prove it at FanDuel.com. FanDuel is the leader in one-week fantasy football with more winners and more payouts than any other site. The money is real. They are paying out over $75 million a week this football season. Building a team is easy. Just pick your players, stand to the cap, and sit back on Sunday, perhaps with an icy cold beverage, and catch your and watch your team win. Entry fees start at just $1. Anyone can play. You know fantasy football. Prove it at FanDuel. Who will be this week's Boykin to Doxing combination? Last week I played that combination and it was it was a pretty fun night. Uh, that could be you this week, especially if you're listening to the podcast. Uh, at least some of what we said is going to help uh, <laughs> earn you some money over the weekend. Uh, go to FanDuel.com and click on the microphone in the upper right-hand corner. Use our code RWCFB and sign up now. This is a special offer for new users. For every dollar you deposit, FanDuel will match it up to $200 that $200 gets earned as you play. That's a bonus of up to 200 bucks. This offer is only good for the first 50 people that use our code RWCFB. So this slate, it's kind of a dream slate, but now we're, we're to the Larry Fedora uh, section of the podcast. Uh, we have the, the North Carolina at Georgia Tech game, over under 62, Tech 7.5-point favorites. Is there, I mean, there's so many awesome options on the slate. Is there someone in this, in this game? Uh, 
Are you going to the to Williams now that his price is so low? I mean, well, it's, it's... actually, uh, Marquise Williams might not even be starter anymore for North Carolina. Uh, it's Ouch. Larry Fedora's. <laughs> I don't know what he's going to tell us about these things, but uh, Tubiski, uh, Trubisky, Trubisky is uh, the guy who will start if Williams doesn't. Knowing Fedora, however. Uh, there will probably be some kind of rotation that doesn't make any sense for either player. And uh, I don't know. I don't care. Uh, Elijah Hood is the only player I care about on that team at this point. Um, he's really good, but even his opportunities are somewhat... Uh, I mean, Fedora's play calling, his rotation, whatever the, the cause of it is, is very fickle. The best players do not get the ball reliably. It's, I don't know, generally a headache when you're talking UNC anything, in my experience. Last week, I got... Uh, thankfully, mercifully priced out on Patrick Scott. Finally stopped using him. Uh, I don't think that was the case with you, John. Were you? I still, did use Scott in one Scott place. In I mean, I F- still might find now. myself going back to the Scott yeah. well uh, just because of that price. But <laughs> I mean, I don't know. There are a couple guys around there, like uh, Smallwood on West Virginia. I like it. It's a very similar price. Um, so I mean, the Scoff thing that's scary is like that whole that whole Georgia Tech offense seems wrong right now. Like even as as we saw in the Notre game, uh, the Notre Dame game two weeks ago, Scott finished with an awesome box score, largely because of some garbage time, you know, bull exactly. crap. Um, so if UNC's defense looks better than it was last year, not that that's saying anything. But it's worth keeping in mind. It's not like a pushover defense that Scav has a chance against. And so far, he hasn't shown the ability to really break out against any particular kind of opponent. So he, he's not going to be reliably used in the passing game. Georgia Tech B-backs never are. It, the, the two receiving touchdown thing will never happen again. Um, so, yeah, if you're, you're basically projecting all of his numbers on the ground. And I'm not sure that Georgia Tech's just really functional enough to really give him a return on the price there. All right, so the next game is Nebraska at Illinois, over-under of 57. Uh, Nebraska, touchdown favorites in this one. We, we talked about Tommy Armstrong possibly being a value play. John, could you make a case, even in a one-quarterback format, that Wes Lunt might also be a value play? Well, Wes Lunt's had some, some trouble uh, in recent weeks, I feel like. But, I mean, if he's going to have a big game in Big Ten play, it's going to be this week against Nebraska. Uh, Nebraska, I believe, has the worst uh, pass defense out of anybody. and Anybody. Literally anybody. <laughs> the worst. <laughs> um, he hasn't had a multi-touchdown game uh, since since uh, the season opener against Kent State, which is a bit concerning. And uh, he didn't exactly light up Middle Tennessee State, but I really think that uh, him and Geronimo Allison are starting to find uh, their groove even more so than usual. Uh, he targeted Allison 17 times last week, so that also makes Allison a nice play. Um, but I think Lunt could possibly, if you're really stretched out, loaded up at other positions, uh, Lunt could probably you know pay off for you. Yeah, and at that point, if you're going to get a quarterback for 6,900, you probably only need him to get to about 20 points for you to be sitting pretty, given the amount of talent you'll be able to squeeze in everywhere else uh are we good to move on from that game i don't i don't know nebraska. Uh, well nebraska in addition uh, so there, there's lunt and the, the illinois passing game have a favorable setting uh pretty much the entire nebraska offense uh, without demorne Pearson in there which he's still out i think another game 
the, the production at running back and receiver is so predictable. And uh, there's, there's players who are efficient at both positions. Running back, it's Terrell Newby. There's plenty of reason to like him in a game like this. Mm-hmm. Elijah Hood had a lot of success against Illinois two weeks ago. And uh, at receiver, Jordan Westerkamp and Brandon Riley are like the entire Nebraska passing game right now. Uh, Tommy Armstrong's getting both pass attempt volume and he's making some explosive throws. Those two benefit in the event that that occurs uh, Saturday uh, again with Armstrong, which I think it will. Westerkamp's the much more reliable one, but Riley uh, has also been quite good. He's only 5,500. But if you take a look, he's he's shown the ability to both. provide some explosive plays downfield as well as get into the end zone. So as long as Pearson L is out, I think those two receivers project really nicely for cash game type scenarios, especially Wester camp, but they also have upside too. It's not as if they have low ceilings. So I, I mean, I know, yeah, I mean, Wester camp, definitely a, a guy that's probably going to have a good game, but at, at 6,600, is that price tag still something you're willing to pay given the amount of of guys kind of in that six thousand range that well he's he's largely the reason i like that range so much because i I don't think illinois can stop him okay and if if we do think that again nebraska's pass defense um i don't think it's the worst out there but in terms of yardage per game it seems like they're they probably have to be one of the worst and it's not like they faced a bunch of great passing teams they're they're allowing uh about 400 yards passing per game with uh, the following schedule uh, Brigham Young, South Alabama, at Miami, at home against Southern Mississippi. So Lunt is not that great, I don't think. Illinois is not that great. But I think they can, at home, put enough on the scoreboard that Wester Camp needs to be used for Nebraska to safely win, which I think they will. So that, uh, yeah, I just I think Wester Camp has a very high floor and a pretty good ceiling, too. So the next game on the schedule, West Virginia at Oklahoma, over under a 59.5 Oklahoma seven point favorites in this one uh there's kind of a there sort of seems to be a a bit of a misnomer that west virginia's defense is not great just because in years past they found themselves in a lot of shootouts uh i mean how good is their defense could are they good enough to where you might stay away from a guy like sterling shepherd well i wouldn't stay away from sterling shepherd pretty much any matchup because he's i think he's he's a level of talent where even if he's going against an elite defense, he's he's similarly elite that he can succeed anyway. But uh, Western West Virginia's defense has been really really good so far this year. It's hard to tell how much that has to do with uh, their only Power Five opponent being Maryland, who threw five interceptions on 36 pass attempts on Saturday. The other two games that West Virginia has played is against Liberty, an FCS team, and Georgia Southern, a Sun Belt team that is very 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 run heavy. So they haven't really been tested through the air, and if if there's if there is a type of offense uh, in the country that you would expect to produce even against a good defense, Oklahoma has to be in that category at this point. Uh, Lincoln Riley's got them running really well. Um, the Baker Mayfield has turned out to be a great fit for that offense. He's he's making plays with his feet and his arms. Uh, with his arm um he's not throwing left-handed yet squidward um but hey i, I don't want to he does it i don't want to give someone he else the credit if he it does it this week I, yeah. I predicted it um but anyway so yeah the, sterling shepherd's just awesome and uh it's it's not a situation that i would go after much though if i do it would it would have to be in a tournament setting because especially with so many of the other options we've already mentioned um i think it's i think there's just tamer prey to find in the west virginia defense <laughs> um 
Speaking of tame prey, Purdue finds themselves on the road at Michigan stinky, State. Stinky, stinky prey. <laughs> um, over under a 55 and a half. Michigan State, uh, heavy favorites, 21 and a half point favorites in this one. Uh, the more we kind of break everything down, I'm, I think Aaron Burbridge at 6,100 might just be my favorite play on the board at wide receiver because we, reasonable we're, we're i mean mario had i think burbage ranked as the third best option overall this week at wide receiver and yeah i mean i, I should mention i do my rankings more for cash game considerations uh-huh. initially because obviously i would rather have the the lineups that people make with our rankings be generally good rather than right often you bad don't a lot of volatility. uh yeah so 6100 against purdue i mean purdue's terrible and michigan state is good uh connor cook barely looks to anybody but burbridge in that offense and it's it's just it's just easy i mean burbridge high floor high ceiling both absolutely and now uh, maybe the game of the week i don't know i mean uh john, john break down this this bama at georgia game uh for those who mm. don't know which is probably everybody uh We're throw the football john, john, john is a georgia bulldogs fan which uh, has its has its pros and cons uh, most definitely uh 54 and a half over under here georgia two-point favorites at home uh where do you where do you see this game going how do you see it developing uh, does Nick Chubb uh, just just do Nick Chubb stuff and and keep them uh, take them to like a, a narrow margin of victory in this one? Um, I think that Bama is absolutely going to key on Nick Chubb uh, more than anything. I don't think they'll necessarily neutralize him, but they're they're going to be doing th- uh, you know kind of stacking the box in a way to prevent the big Nick Chubb eighty yard type of touchdown run. Um, so Grayson Lambert is going to be asked to throw in this game. I like them kind of throwing some like short, safe passes. So that means that Sonny Michelle is actually kind of an interesting play this week. He's in the five thousands, I believe, and I think they're going to try to find uh, him like in space. And I think he can actually capitalize there uh, and make some good plays. Um, as for the Bama guys, um, I'd probably avoid. Uh, they're starting quarterback, obviously. <laughs> Without even noting who they're playing, <laughs> just don't pick yeah, Coker, just, you guys. Yeah, Sonny, Sonny Michelle's the type of guy that, like, you you set your lineups and you go over to, like, the bar and, and the Georgia game's on and all of a sudden he's, like, got 80 yards and a score and you're, like... Crying. Wait, wasn't, wasn't, wasn't he, like, 5,100? Did anybody get him going? Like, no. Uh, so, yeah, I, I like that call, especially for tournaments, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I, you know, it's definitely a, a boomer bust type of scenario, but I think in this type of game, uh, he's probably the most dynamic guy Georgia has on their offense, you know, outside of Chubb. And with Chubb being so heavily keyed upon, I definitely like Michelle here. With that said, <laughs> no one's stopping Chubb. I I no think one. that that's, that's the very um, – that's what's going to make that game so intriguing, right? It's just I, I'm, I agree with John about what Alabama is going to try to do, but are they going to be able to do that? Do that? I mean, I, I don't know. It's maybe that's the nervous Georgia fan in me, just kind of. <laughs> 
tempering my expectations of Chubb in this game. I mean, a bad game for Chubb is still like right. 100 yards. It's but. like this game is like Chubb versus all established laws of physics, and I don't care. It's Chubb. <laughs> the nervous, I'm picking Chubb. The nervous Georgia fan in John last week, I believe, said that, that Chubb was, was a stay away because he was going to be off the field in, in no time. But that's that's Mark Richt for you. I mean, they, they kept feeding him. What do you have, three touchdowns last week against – Sub- yeah, Southern, Southern University. Like yeah, Southern, Southern University. Southern. The Jaguars. Um, the, the Jags. Jags could not stop Nick Chubb. Um, one finds out when watching that game. Uh, Kansas State at Oklahoma State. The next game uh, we're going to talk about here. 50 is the over-under. Oklahoma State, eight-point favorites. Anything? Foul. <laughs> anything? No, nothing. nothing there. Nothing there. Louisville at NC State over under 47. NC All right. State here's, here's probably like the best running back value on that slate there. Uh, down at 5,100, we have Matt Days of North Carolina State. Even before they kicked Shadrick Thornton off the team, I really like Days this week because he's really good. Uh, home field safe favorites in this one. Uh, North Carolina State defense has been very, very good so far. Louisville's offense has been the opposite of that. Uh, turnover potential with Lamar Jackson at quarterback. I think there's going to be short fields, and I think there will be a lot of drive opportunities for North Carolina State. Days, very busy as a pass catcher in addition to a runner. It's not a great matchup going against the Louisville defense, but I think the short fields, the home field advantage, I think the spread is pretty accurate. Uh, I think Days will have a lot to do with why that spread, uh, why I think that spread will uh, prove accurate. So, yeah, great pick in, in that game is Days at 5,100. And their tight end, Jalen Samuels, at 4,000, well worth owning because he's, like, just the best fantasy tight end of all time. Like, he's running for touchdowns, receiving touchdowns. I think he has four each of rushing touchdowns and receiving touchdowns, which is just I don't even know how to conceptualize that. He's just the best ever. That's three tight end recommendations so far on this episode, albeit the three most now you got to give us a five star review <laughs> uh we 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 just uh successfully recommended the first second and third most expensive tight ends on the board for you so uh don't say you there, weren't warned <laughs> don't, don't be surprised if those we those went out on a limb for you guys end up paying off um Pittsburgh at Virginia Tech 46 and a half the over under Virginia Tech four and a half point favorites anything to see here um I don't know. I mean, Tyler Boyd and Isaiah Ford are both awesome receivers. I just don't know that this is a game where there'd be enough points on the scoreboard to really make it worth our, you know, DFS consideration. I love Boyd as a as a talent, but I just feel like I don't know. I mean, last week, yeah, sure, he had a he had a huge week. I'm not picking him. Iowa. Yeah, <laughs> he he never matches his price tag. I think that it's just obviously his NFL stock is. Is going to keep that price tag nice and high. But, yeah, I mean, there's so many other options on the board. Um, Florida State at Wake. You know, we talked about Dalvin Cook being uh, kind of ridiculously cheap there, probably going to be one of the more higher-owned players on the slate. Anything else uh, worth pointing out in that game? Um, Florida State, 19.5-point no. favorite. So yeah, not. Travis Rudolph might be worth a wide receiver dart, but I don't. there's just not enough usage to give anybody a high enough ceiling to put up with the low floors they all have, aside from Dalvin Cook. Uh, 
Iowa at Wisconsin, 44 and a half here. That seems, I don't know, that seems like a, a low or under there. Uh, I think it's too high. Wisconsin's terrible. <laughs> it's um, it's going to be a foul game. Like Now, now wait, well, hey, don't, hey, don't, uh, don't say that just yet. There's a couple more games that might be uh, even fouler. I didn't say honestly. it would be the most rancid game that we have to, <laughs> now, I mean, it's the most rancid for us because well, we get to deal with the people. Here's what I want to know, though. Uh, Taiwan Deal, Dare. Agumboale. I'm not uh, doing it. No, no. Just, both yeah, 6100. Wisconsin's offense great, is terrible. Great run defenses, and uh, usually in both of those offenses are the running backs for the guys that you're going to target in your daily games. So I think both of them have just such just rancid <laughs> matchups. That I'm staying. The away question from here's it. what I want to know is: is are we ever going to be able to get that Badger game off the TV in off the main one of the two main TVs in the office? Because this would be the week to do it. Because there's so many other awesome games. Like I know that the three of us are probably going to have zero action in that Badger game. Uh, I feel like we have the majority at that point, and you know, I just I I don't see. It's definitely not going to be on the big TV up front. It's not going to be at the TV, the the main TV in the back or the main TV on the side. It, it I don't want to watch it at all. Yeah, but I, not I, I do want to say quickly that if there is a player that I would take in this game, it would probably be in the event that LaShawn Daniels is still limited. Uh, Jordan Canseri at 5,800. It's, it's not going to be easy getting yardage against that Wisconsin defense, but I have confidence in Iowa. Uh, I think they have a much, much better quarterback than the Badgers do. I think they've got better receivers, better running backs. Uh, the defense of Wisconsin is great. Playing in Madison is a big problem for Iowa, but the Wisconsin running backs are – the running game is what Wisconsin lives on, and they don't have one. Taiwan Deal and Adaria Gumbawale are bad, and there's going to be turnovers eventually with Joel Stave. I think Canceria gets some short yardage touchdown opportunities. Very busy as a receiver, too. But yeah, otherwise that game is just yeah. Not I, I'd rather that it just get blacked out so that we don't have to <laughs> lobby against changing it from the TVs here. Truth Everyone hurts. else around here is going to be blacked out. I guess. Truth hurts, Badger fans. It's the only way to watch it. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean it, it's great because uh, there's you know there's a bunch of drunk people uh, on our way to and from work, so that's that's always fun. Um, South Carolina at Missouri. Uh, anything to to see here? Forty one no. and a half. Nope. Missouri's quarterback just got suspended, so they might be turning to a true freshman, Drew Locke. So I'd Locke is better than Mock, but still don't care because Locke over Mock. Locke, not Mock. Um, you know, this is probably one of the better slates uh, of the season. It might go down as the best slate of the season. I wouldn't be surprised if it takes uh, some ridiculous points total to win win those big tournaments. Uh, you know, case in point, Minnesota at Northwestern, uh, over under 40 <laughs> Northwestern, four point favorites here. I mean, this one, I don't know which TV it's going to be on. Maybe all of them. <laughs> this this will truly be a war of attrition. I don't I don't want to even think about this stuff. Um, all right. Fair enough. Uh, Boston College at Duke. Thomas Sirk, good player, but uh, his receivers don't seem very good. Duke doesn't seem to quite know what it wants to do on offense. Sirk needs to figure out some new ways to move the ball as a passer because uh, after week one against Tulane, he's basically been shut down in that regard. Boston College's defense is really tough. Like Minnesota, Northwestern, this is, I think, going to be just kind of like two brick walls hammering against each other. 
All right. Well, if you're super depressed now after those last four or five games we covered, you can always go relive. Remember Texas Tech Baylor? Texas mm-hmm. Tech Baylor, Houston those Tulsa. Those are the good days. Yeah, I mean, oh, you, all you got to do is is rewind about 40 minutes and it'll be a, a happier time. Um, definitely want to thank our our two sponsors, harrys.com, best place to buy uh razors and FanDuel, of course. Uh for, for sponsoring the podcast, I want to thank uh, John McKechnie for joining us for the first time and, and definitely not the last time on Appreciate the Rotowire College Football Podcast. Uh, where can people find you on Twitter, John? Uh, I'm at Johnny McKex. You got you to spell that. Uh, that's, uh, <laughs> that's. I don't even uh, know what it is. That's J O H N N Y M C K. E-C-H-S. There we go. There you go. And Mario, of course, is at a bunch of underscores. Uh, it's NFL Draft underscore RW, as in Rotary Wire. Nice. And I am at Real J.R. Anderson. We will be back with you next week. Thanks, guys. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.